All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, that is fitting for Oilers Nation. Welcome to the Gregor Show on Sports 1440 Live on Oilers Nation YouTube presented by Play Alberta. Dot C-A, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where 100% of the revenue stays right here in the lovely province of Alberta. I am Jason Greger. He is Connor Halley. And man, kind of feels like Groundhog Day, doesn't it? The uh, the Edmonton Orders get off to a good start. Man, they're rocking and rolling. Connor McDavid scores. Looks like he had a little pep in his step after that goal. And they're up 2 nothing. You're thinking, oh, life's good. But Panthers score. Then the Oilers get a power play. And right now, the Oilers' power play has essentially become a, mom- a momentum sponge, is how I would describe it. They they suck the momentum out of the team at this point. They're, you know, they miss passes. They're not generating a lot of quality chances. It has, uh, it has not been good at all. And then... In, now, you can call it bad luck, but Ekholm, there's no way you should be hitting Hyman in the back on that clearing attempt. You have time, you get the puck out, and guess what? Nothing happens. Now, that that's the one goal Pickard, you'd say, hey, he would like it back. But Calvin Pickard was not the problem last night. We've talked at length about goaltending being better, no question. To me, goaltending wasn't the issue. If you look at it, expected goals was actually higher than the goals allowed, which he allowed was four. Right, the expected goals was above four, four point zero six. In fact, 
So he made a lot of big saves. The Oilers gave up 17 shots from the slot. 17. They had seven themselves. So let's, uh, I, I think we have to be realistic in our expectations on um, the goaltender. Hey, he's he's not an elite goalie. That second goal, sure. Would you like a save there? 100%. But that puck should never be in the zone. Get it out. And then, you know what? When, when things are going poorly for you, the breaks don't go your way. Philip Broberg skating backwards in the neutral zone. It's a nothing rush. There's an errant stick on the ice. He steps on it because he doesn't see it. Falls down. Panthers come down, score, tie the game at three. That was after McDavid scored on a breakaway. And then the Oilers couldn't recover. And you know what? They came at him. They were the better team in the third period. But they generate power plays, and the first unit does nothing. Here's what I would do tomorrow against Carolina. First power play of the game, I'll start the first unit. If they don't score the second power play, I'm starting the second unit. For two reasons. Not just because the first unit's struggling, but because most teams put their best penalty killers out first. So your unit right now, your power play unit, is not effective for reasons that are hard to explain. So then... Go out there, start your second unit. They're out 45 seconds. Hey, maybe they'll score. Great. Get some momentum. Create some competition amongst your two units. More importantly, they're likely going to be out against the other team's best penalty killers. So then at least you get their second stringers. Not that there's a huge drop-off all the time, but to me, it's you're looking for any advantage. Heck, if it's 1% advantage, you'd take it. Because Carolina has not been a good matchup for the Empton owners over the years. Uh, Edmonton has won five of 14 meetings in the Connor McDavid air against Carolina Hurricanes. They're two and five in Carolina. This is not the place that you would expect to win. Maybe they will. But I'll tell you right now, the odds of them winning this game are low, especially when you consider that Carolina has only given up more than three goals once in their last 10 games. Heck, you would have loved to play Carolina in the first seven games of the year. They gave up 33 goals in their first seven games. It was nuts. Almost five goals a game. But since then, they're back to normal. They've allowed 21 goals against in their last 10 games. And five of them came in one of the games. That's it. The other games, two shutouts. They've allowed two goals in five and three goals in the other two games. So the owners essentially are going to have to think, well, maybe we can score three, which means you have to give up two. And... As we saw against the Islanders in Seattle, they can do it, but they struggle to do it consistently. And it's a combination of questionable defense, average goaltending, not being able to score a goal. Like the Edmonton Orders have now won four games when they've scored first. They've scored first 11 times. The Orders have the most regulation losses in the league when scoring first. They're tied with Pittsburgh. They have six. Do you want to know how many games in regulation the Oilers lost last season when scoring first? Now, remember, they scored first 44 times last year. They lost eight games in regulation when scoring first. This year, they've already lost six. They can't protect the lead to save their life. And and we're talking two-goal leads. Back-to-back games, good start. Start's not the problem. Got to finish. The old adage, you got to play 60 minutes. You got to play intense. You got to play committed. 
Yeah, you need a save, but guess what? You need to stop gifting goals. There's no reason for Ekholm to make that pass. It's, it's got to be out of the zone. Can't hit Hyman in the back. Come on. Can't do it. Power play, score a goal, a timely goal. The one positive I saw last night for the Emptoners, and it might be the most important positive, was after Connor McDavid scored that goal, it shows you that even the greatest player in the world can, can struggle with confidence. Because all of a sudden, he scores a goal, and now he, he, looked, he looked fast again. Did you see his penalty shot? Look at, he comes out, he's coming back into the zone. He reads the play, quick turn up the ice, gone. Shot out of a cannon. He has to get tripped on his way to the net. Draws a penalty shot. Right, like even Connor McDavid can have stretches, and that might be the longest of his career, where, you know what, his confidence impacted his game. He was hesitant. He wasn't as fast. And to me, that was the greatest sign for the orders is that 97 looked like 97 again. He was dangerous in that game. Look at the shot on the penalty shot. Walks in, head up, boom, right off the post. No hesitation. You saw that all year last year. So if there's one positive, and to me, I'm not sure there's any bigger ones you can think of, is McDavid. He looked like McDavid again last night. And they haven't had that for a long time. Leon Dreisaitl, he is fighting the confidence bug. It is obvious. He gets set up. He's wide open in the slot. Hey, Bobrovsky makes a great save. But Dreisaitl will be the first to tell you, you got to bury that. I don't care how, you got to bury it. And you know what? When things are going well, he buries it. But right now, they're not. Dreisaitl's offensive game is going about as well as my hair growing game. It's ugly. It's not good. No one wants to see it, including myself. And like Drysaddle, I got to live with it. It's not fun. The ring of confidence, it is hard to maintain it. I'll tell you that right now. It's challenging. So we will uh, we will see if uh, you know, Drysaddle can get his game back. That'll help. But the whole team, like you, you can't. Their slot zone coverage last night was awful. Give up 17 shots from the slot. 17. You need, you, flat out, you need to be better. You need to be better as a team. So we'll see. Like that's The light went off, like I said. Yeah, it was three games. It was against Seattle. It was against the Islanders. I said, okay, great. Let's see what happens when they play a good team, an offensive team. And now we've seen it. So the orders go back to the drawing board. They had a day off today. They practice tomorrow in the morning, morning skate, more than a practice. And I'm assuming maybe they'll work on the power play again. But it's not like you can do intense drills. That's the problem. Like, look at the order's schedule. They don't have a lot of practice time. Right? They, they play in Carolina tomorrow. Then they'll fly to Washington after the game. They could have a skate on Thursday, but they have an afternoon game on Friday. I don't think they're going to be put through the paces uh, very strongly on Thursday. So then you play in Washington. Now, you should get back to Edmonton at a reasonable time on Friday night, not too late. But then you play Sunday again. They're they're in a stretch now. They're, They're playing every second day. Right? They got the Ducks at home on Sunday. Then they got Vegas on home on Tuesday. They're in into Winnipeg on Thursday. So the challenge is you, you don't have a, a lot of practice time. They do, though. They almost have like a quasi-bye week. 
where the coach, after the Winnipeg game, next Thursday, they don't play December 1st. They don't play until December 6th. They are at home from whatever time they'll get in on from Winnipeg, like let's say 1 in the morning on December 1st, the Friday. They are at home until the 17th. They will play, and they're home, and I said they got four days. They could have four or five practices. They'll probably have the Friday off, and then you practice Saturday, Sunday, Monday, maybe even Tuesday. Then you play Carolina. Then you play Minnesota. Then you play New Jersey. Then you play Chicago, Tampa, Florida, all every second day. Their season is going to hinge on those four practice days. Now, they, you know, they got to find a way if they can between now and then to go at least 500. They got five games left. They got to find a way to go at least two, two and one, probably three and two, ideally, but at bare minimum, two, two and one. And then hope to God that Chris Knobloch could instill in those days of practice something that's going to allow this team to be better defensively. Honestly, I think that I, I I firmly believe their season will hinge on those four practice days, Connor Halley. Because you don't get a lot of practice time in the NHL. There's no travel, there's no fatigue, nothing. You can put them through the paces if you need to. On Saturday, December 2nd. But it you know this will ha- almost be like we're starting a training camp here and we're gonna instill some stuff that I, Chris Knobloch, want to put in. That's just a fact. They got no choice. That's their season right there. I'll say it right there. That's their season. Craig, it reminds me of when Dave Tippett was fired and Jay Woodcroft came in. It was kind of the same sort of thing. They don't have practice times. It was a, a couple of weeks before they had an actual set of uh, time in their schedule where they could get a couple practices is in. I mean, what do you think Knobloch can do in the short term right now? I mean, is it film? Is it really hammering down on those practices like well you can't hammer down the practice when you play every second day yeah like what do you do wear guys out you you know what you 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 try to remain positive and upbeat you you try to instill one thing work on one thing say okay you know what i know that they had a special teams practice uh, between the florida and tampa game and obviously it didn't do much on their power play so i would probably like they gotta find their power they gotta get their power play going like they have to it's it's a huge people are like oh power play doesn't matter are you delusional of course it matters right a good power play a good power play doesn't mean well five on five doesn't matter no it's an element of your team power play can help you win games and it come playoff time it can help you win a series that's a fact now it's not a guarantee but look at Tampa look at Colorado when they won the cup. Look at Washington. Look at their power play. Don't tell me it's not important. Of course it's important. Now, it's not the do-all, end-all. And it's not going to cover up their deficiencies in goal. It's not going to cover up their deficiencies in front of the net. But you can't just say, well, throw your hands up in the air and try not to improve anything. You've got to improve one, get it back going, and then move to the next one. So that's what Knobloch's going to be up against. And... I'm sure he can go over some things. You know, he's talked. We saw the practice. They, they focus on trying to minimize the middle of the ice. That hasn't really worked. So, I don't know. But but a lot of it just comes down to some simple execution on basic plays. Right? Like, I'm sorry, but at home, like, there's no system to talk about. How That puck, there's no reason to hear player there. None. Zilch, zero, none. 
Hey, Gregor, at least you acknowledge your hair is a problem. You don't minimize or make excuses. Maybe some slash all the odors should follow your lead from scalding gourd. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit easier to admit your hair is terrible. So, uh, although maybe it would say, yeah, we're terrible. We're not playing well. Like, because you can convince yourself, ah, oh, geez. Yeah, they've had stretches, but guess what? They've had stretches of good play, but they have the same repetition, the inability to play well with the lead. That's now been a problem all season. Okay? Six losses. And actually seven if you want to include the overtime loss, but six regulation losses. You don't get a point when you score first. That's awful. There's no way, there's no way to put, there's no way around it. None. Hey guys, I agree to the coaching change because I think Woodcroft had lost the room. I just wish we would have hired a veteran NHL coach, Dallas. Dallas, I really, you know what? I don't believe coaching's the issue here. Um, it's too easy to just say it's the coach. They've changed coaches. There's been the same issue, the inability to get the players to commit to sound defensive hockey consistently. That's it. Now, would you like, would you like more saves this year? 100%. There can be multiple issues at times. But the one consistent issue, even when Mike Smith had a 923 save percentage, they still weren't good defensively. Even when you had a 32% power play, they still weren't consistent defensively. That's the consistent. It's been there. You've had stretches where your goaltenders have played great. You've had stretches where your power play is unreal, where your offense is unreal. But you've had very limited stretches where you have been continually sound defensively. That has not changed. That fundamental weakness has been there all year. Right? So it goes. Hey, Gregor, how's expected goals against four? Tamaya, they had way more grade A chances than the, where Pickard came up big. But what the heck do I know, Shaner? Well, keep in mind, they would look and say the goal off of Nurse that went in wouldn't be considered an expected goal. The uh, the one that went through him on the second goal wouldn't be an expected goal. And I would argue maybe even the other, uh, was it Stenland's goal? That might not be considered an expected goal. Right? I, I would guess maybe not. So you're right. He made a lot of big saves. Obviously, the uh, you know kind of the own goal off Nurse, that's not on the goalie. The, even the Stenland goal, like, I don't love it, but I'm like, you know what? It's kind of a broken play. Those happen sometimes. It's the second goal is the one he would like back, but he made a lot of big saves, huge saves in that game. Goaltending, like, goaltending's been a problem this year, no question. Last night to me was not an example of the goaltending losing you the game. Hey, guys, got to bench Bouchard. He's not going to learn defense in six days. I put dry saddle in front of the net and just feed him pucks in the power play to get him going from Steve and Drum Heller. Well, benching Bouchard isn't going to help your team. If you want to limit his minutes, which is what I said, it's something I'd consider, yes. Right. If Evan Bouchard's playing top four minutes, five on five right now, it's not helping your team, and I don't think it's helping him. So that is something that I think is a valid point. I'm not benching on a team that's not scoring a lot of goals. I'm not benching one of my best offensive players. That, to me, is, you know, spit in your own face. It's not going to be good. But you could limit his minutes five on five to help protect him and protect the team, especially when you got seven defensemen. That's something you could consider for sure. Coming up on the show today, we will hear from Dave McCarthy. Also, Vicki Hall. 
Longtime co-worker, I worked with Vicky when she was, uh, started to cover the beat of the uh, Green and Gold. Well, we both were together, and uh, she got inducted into the SCFL Hall of Fame uh, this past weekend. Uh, big news for her. She'll join us. Sean Brown in studio, and uh, former Leafs assistant GM Bill Waters will uh, join us, tell some stories, talk uh, you know, management, a few questions about that. Uh, Struddy will be by spec dvd we'll get uh your texts in our jiffy lube inbox 833-401-1440 it is the uh jason gregor show and a big shout out as we are coming to you live from the ewell studios e-w-e-l dot c-a for all your electrical needs big shout out to nick and kevin met the fellas today at uh ewell i uh could have could have borrowed little bit of a you know, Kev's rolling around with. He's got a lot of extra hair right now, Cons. Got a big ponytail. It was like he was mocking me and my lack of hair. Might have to borrow a transplant. Just to, just in the middle, just for a few months. Be a good team player. Now, the problem is I can't really give it back. So I guess borrowing would be the wrong, the wrong usage. Right? I'm not sure it would look great. But at a real, like, you know, when you're growing out your hair. And, and the other thing is just, no, this is a true story. So I'm, I'm walking out of Ewell. And uh, Dave runs into one of his buddies who just got a hair transplant. He's telling him, oh, yeah, man, I got this hair transplant. I love it. And he's showing me. And I'm, I'm wearing a toque, of course. And Dave just starts laughing because, of course, he tells him a story about, uh, you know, what I'm doing. And I'm looking like Leahy. The ring of confidence is looking terrible right now. I'll show it a little bit later on in the show on, uh, on, the, on the YouTube channel. It's, uh, it's looking awful. And then, but this guy's Anthony is just standing around, just, you know, like a little peacock strutting his stuff, like, hey, look at this. I'm looking good. And it did look good. Don't get me wrong. It looked good. I just thought it was somewhat ironic, the timing of it. So, it's a lot of hair jokes going on in Ewell. So, there you go. We'll, uh, we'll come back with uh, McCarthy on sports. 1440 live in Owners Nation YouTube. 225. How are you? Welcome back to the Gregor Show on Sports 1440 live on Owners Nation YouTube. Um, Hey, Gregor, doesn't uh, Bouchard have the highest expected goals for and the lowest goals against in the team? Eyes tell a different story than the numbers from Nick and Spruce. Nick, my man, I don't know what numbers you're reading, but here's the, uh, here's the numbers. Um, actual goals against, five on five. Evan Bouchard has been on for the most all season at 17. Goals against per 60, highest of any defenseman. Now, if you want to get into expected goals against, great. But again, expected goals against uh, Evan Bouchard on the uh, on the orders is ooh, seventh highest. So, um, yeah. And remember, expected goals is a calculation. It's a formula. It's not. It's not bulletproof. And guess what? Actual goals matter more, but uh, real goals. Bouchard has been on the ice for the most of any order skater this year. Now you could say, well, he plays more minutes. Sure, he plays more minutes. Well, Darnell Nurse plays 20 more minutes as being on the ice for three fewer goals. If we're, if we're looking at defensemen. Cody Cece has played three more minutes and has been on the ice for seven fewer goals than Evan Bouchard. So, um, you know, his goals, uh, goals... Against per 60, if you want to use that rank, still the highest amongst defensemen. Like, actual goals is what we're talking about. And like I said, I'm not benching Evan Bouchard. But to me, I think there's a benefit to reducing his five-on-five minutes right now. 
I would give him a lot more offensive zone starts. I put him out with offensive zone. Now the risk is if you put him out with the older star players, he's probably out against the other team's best players. That's the risk, but I'll live with that. But I would, I would try to reduce if I could. I don't think they're going to do it, but that's something I would consider. I think it might benefit the player and it could benefit the team because right now his consistent competitiveness defensively is not there. His defensive awareness is not at the level to play. But his offensive awareness is unreal. It's best on the team amongst defensemen by a long shot. And for a team that's still not scoring enough goals, I'm not going to bench my best offensive defenseman. That makes zero sense to me. None. So benching is dumb. Reducing five-on-five minutes with some situational play, that to me is something I would consider. Like the orders in an ideal world will go out and find another top four right defenseman. And, and I said this yesterday, Bouchard's in your third pair, man. You're doing cartwheels. He's fine as a third pair defenseman. But I'm uh, I'm not playing him that much five on five right now. He's just, he's struggling. That's, he's struggling defensively. Offensively, no problem. But he's struggling defensively. And I think that's clear. Let's go around the NHL brought to you by McDonald's where, uh, hey, Stop in at the McDee's because, you know, uh, the only thing better than getting a McMuffin and a medium premium roast coffee is getting a delicious McMuffin and the coffee for only four bucks plus tax right now only at McDonald's. As we welcome into the show our uh, resident bird expert as well as uh, NHL expert from SiriusXM, Dave McCarthy, David, welcome back, my man. Ooh, look at that Christmas trees in the background. This is really, what am I watching, like a Hallmark video right now? Jeez, look at that room. Holy cow. Yeah, you know how I do it, Gregor. You know how I Jeez. do it. It's getting to be that time of year. Look at this guy. Got some shine in that cabinet behind you? You know what? If only I turned the camera around, you could see it's right at the mini bar. So as it was getting oh. ready to come on your show, I was, in fact, uh, Reading this pamphlet to choose uh, this Make afternoon's time with cocktails. So, oh, yeah. What are you making? Yeah. What cocktails are you making? Well, I was considering between a Merry Gentleman or a Deck the Halls. Merry Gentleman has an ounce and a half of Crown Royal, lemon juice, pomegranate, and ginger ale. And Deck the Hall goes gin, lime juice, Saint Germain elderflower. I don't know if you've had this. Oh, buddy. Outstanding D- liqueur. Dude, I have it in my. Hey, we did uh, Thirsty Thursdays on the show. So I have a whole I uh, remember. liquor cabinet full. So, yes, I love the yeah. well, My wife loves the elderflower. She puts it in everything. So It's really good. So it'll be one of those two as soon as we finish up here. Oof, I like it. Uh, I, I would, uh, if, if I was getting a vote, I would go for the uh, the second one mentioned okay. there. So, what was the it's name a little of the stronger. second? Yeah. yeah, it's a little stronger. It's more of a sipper. It's a boost. Yeah, it's a little no, bit more of a sipper. That's right. I can handle yeah, it. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's a Bombay Sapphire Gin, Lime Juice, Saint Germain Elderflower, and uh, topped with uh, soda water. So it's a nice, crisp, clean, refreshing drink. Yeah, that's right. I like it. Um, uh, crisp and clean, Dave. Not uh, not the mo for the orders uh, defensively <laughs> right now by by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they they have started quite well, actually. Uh, the third most uh, scoring first third third highest first goals of the game. Two games in a row, they've been up two nothing. On the road, played really well, can't hold a lead, lose both games. And uh, they have now lost six times in regulation, not to mention Winnipeg in overtime, but six times in regulation, most in the NHL with Pittsburgh when they allow, when they score the first goal. All of last year, Dave, eight regulation losses when they scored first. They've already got six this year. You know who they kind of remind me of this year? The Vancouver Canucks from last year. Remember that? Vancouver would get out. They'd build leads. 
And then almost as if on cue, they'd find a way to lose the game coming down the stretch in the second and third period. And that's what Edmonton's doing right now. They are scoring, but they just can't keep the puck out of their nets. So to me, um, they, they've got to find a way to tighten up on that. And I think there's, there's improvement that is required on a couple of fronts. One, the five skaters on the ice, regardless of who is between the pipes, need to be a lot tighter, a lot more cohesive defensively. Um, and then at the end of the day, I'm sorry, but the goaltender needs to come up with some stops every yeah. now and again. Mm-hmm. And that, that is important. Um, and, and I know that there are, are at times goals that go in that you just can't blame the netminder. And I get that. I'm not all about just throwing on the netminder. But when you're struggling as a group defensively the way Edmonton is, every now and again, you need the goalie to say, you know what, fellas, not tonight. Not tonight. Um, I'm going to do a job tonight, and I'm going to bail us out. You need to stop a few that, that you're not expected to stop. And, and they're not getting saves like that. The goalies right now, like the goal that that Calvin Pickard let in last night against Florida, where he just lost his net. I know he's a he's a he's a he's a third string goalie, right? But like, there's been too many occasions this year where I've tuned into Oilers games, and whether it's Stuart Skinner, Jack Campbell, or now Calvin Pickard in the net, they look like guys that just simply started playing goal this year, like giving up goals that you don't normally see go in on on any goalie in the NHL. So that, to me, is, is where the Oilers need to show improvement, both defensively as a unit, because, yes, you can't hang it all on the goalie, but the goalie also needs to find a way to come up with some stops. If they can't do that, nothing else is going to matter. You don't have a hope to win. Yeah, well, you know what's funny about that goal that went right through him? That, the puck should never be in the zone. Matthias Ekholm hits his own man on a clearing attempt when you have all the time, right. all the time in the world. And that's, you know, uh, death by a thousand cuts, Dave. That would be the, that would be the headline for the Edmonton owners right now. Death by a thousand cuts. Uh, it is a, a night off in the National Hockey League. Uh, there's no games. Um, I'm actually one who doesn't mind this. I've said this for years. I think the NHL, if people got used to, you go one day a week with no games. I actually think it was better. People, you know, now you can talk about other stories, do other things, and then you get back yeah. to the game. And absence uh, makes the heart grow fonder. I think it's a major reason why the NFL is so successful because fans get a few days off. They rant and rave or they do other things. And then boom, now, okay, we lead up to it and away we go. And I don't mind this at all. I see some people freaking out, but I actually don't mind this. No, I, I love it, to be honest with you. To, to the people that are getting all worked up, I say to you, do you have nothing else that you're interested in doing with your life? Like, for real. Use the night to go do something else. Go out, catch a show, grab a dinner, hang out with the family, play games with the kids. I don't know. But if you can't get through one night without without NHL games on the TV, I don't know. I just find that to be a little a little sad, to be honest with you. And the way you break it down, it's, it's perfect. It gives you the opportunity to, to dig into stories that are outside of the daily churn of games um, and, and, and to fire up some storylines. And you're right, absence does make the heart grow fonder because now you know, I'm, I'm excited for Wednesday night to roll around now because there's going to be some games on the schedule. Um, and you're going to be that much more interested in getting back after it. So, no, I, I think there should be more, more nights during the schedule where it is dark. I mean, we talked last week when I was on, like, Hall of Fame night should be non-negotiable zero games. Yeah. If they can do it on a random Tuesday in November here, mm-hmm. they can do it on a random Monday in November that's Hall of Fame induction night. So that should be non-negotiable. But, yeah, if they're, 
like even if it wasn't every week, but like two days a month, I, I'd be okay with that. I, I don't think that would be the disservice that some people seem to think that it is. I don't quite understand that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's probably hard to do it every week with all the uh, uh, arena availability and such. But a few times a month, I'm I'm not that uh, upset about it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I look at a few teams around. Uh, you know, uh, Toronto. William Nylander, of course, uh, has been a huge story. I think we've talked a lot uh, about him. But the Florida Panthers, Dave, uh, they got 25 points. They have uh, now, even with Barkoff, they beat the orders last night. Without Barkoff, I should say, they beat the orders. They're 12, 5, and 1. And now they got Ekblad and Montour and Bennett back. And Barkoff sounds like he might only miss another game, maybe two. The uh, Panthers are four points back of the Bruins. Who, do you, are the Panthers better than a lot of people thought? Because there were some people say, oh, they just got lucky in the postseason. It seems like the playoff Panthers are kind of the real Panthers. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I. I was, I would say, reluctant to to jump on board with the Panthers out of the gate this year, just because, as you pointed out, like I just wasn't really quite sure which team they were. Was it the team that played 76 games during the regular year last year where you were like, eh, not much going on there? Or was it the team that, that got on fire and and really played quite well? Like, they didn't. They didn't mistake their way into getting to the cup final. They earned their way to the cup final. They beat some good teams. Like they, 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 they took the Leafs to school in that second round. Let's be yeah. honest here. Um, they, I know the games against Carolina in the third round were close. Yeah. But they won them, right? I mean, it's easy to lose close games too. They found a way to win them. And, and that really wasn't much of a series. And um, coming into the year, obviously without Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour, probably inarguably their top two defensemen. Yeah. And then Sam Bennett got banged up. I thought, oh, geez, like that could be a bit of a hurdle here in the first six weeks. Like name me and like Edmonton's got their top two D men in the lineup right now and they can't play D. You know, let alone if you took them out of the lineup, what would happen? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what they need right now. Who knows? But, but point being, you take a team's top two D men out of the lineup for six weeks to start the year, that can set you back. Uh, but they, they found a way to get through it. They've done more than tread water. Um, now they're back. Bennett's back. Barkov's out. So really still to this point, American Thanksgiving is about they've really yet to have their full lineup together. And they really look like they've they've established a culture where it doesn't matter who's in the lineup, they have a standard that they play to, and and they win games because of it. Um, you know, if if they don't have their top guys in the lineup, they they play a little bit differently. They play a little bit more conservatively. They they make you pay a price as the opponent, regardless of who's in the lineup. Um, and they just find ways to win games. They're getting good goaltending for Bob this year. Um, which is nice to see because he wasn't really all that good for most of the regular year. So here we are. Um, they're right there in the in the conversation for top spot in the Atlantic Division. When they get their full lineup together, you know, I look at this as a team that could really, really take off. They look like they discovered something last year down the stretch and into the playoffs because I think most of the regular year last year, I would have asked you, Jason, what is the Panthers' identity? Yeah. And what would you have said? Like, I don't I don't really know, right? Well, now they, they established that in the playoffs. It's make the opponent pay a price. It's play heavy. It's 
play on the edge, sometimes just a little bit over the edge of that line, get good goaltending, timely scoring. That's their identity. They're playing to it now. They're having a lot of success. And once they get their full full group back, yeah, these guys look like a force this year. Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM joins us. Um, Dave, the... Uh, and we're here to getting close to uh, American Thanksgiving. Lots of people look at the standings and feel like, okay, you know, that's a good indicator of who's going to make it. And every year there's always a few exceptions. But when I look at it, like in in the West, the top six teams look pretty comfortable. Dallas, Colorado, Winnipeg, Vegas, Vancouver, L.A. Then after that, if I had to ask you today, out of these remaining teams, which two do you think will get into the wild card spot for the playoffs? St. Louis. Seattle, Arizona, Calgary, Edmonton, Minnesota. Which two are in? Oh, that's a good question. It is funny, eh, how you get to American Thanksgiving and the standings really do kind of seem to round into form. And oftentimes the teams that you expect to be good are right there. Like I'm buying myself time to think here, but just case in point, the Atlantic Division. Here we are, top four teams. You know, after Detroit looked okay and this and that at the beginning of the year, Montreal – Boston, Florida, Tampa, Toronto, just the way it should be. And it's going to be a battle for the rest of those teams Um, in the West. um, I think Seattle underperformed in the early going this year. And they seem to be finding their way back to, to the level they played to last year. Like Matty Beneers had a great year last year. He was a big part of their team last year. He basically did nothing for the first five weeks of the year. I've, I've been actually wanting to get him on my show to talk about some some random stuff that that is, I think, quite entertaining. But I've been reluctant to go to them because I think, you know what, guys got like two goals here in the first month. It just might not be the right time from a perception standpoint to start going on about random stuff. Uh, but he's starting to come come back to where he was. So if, if, if he gets going, um, that's really, really going to help. Um, I look at Seattle as a team that is still in the mix but dramatically underperformed and guys that you would expect more from, guys that I think we're reasonably sure are are better than what they've shown, they're going to come back to a higher level. And Matty Beneers is at the top of that list in Seattle. So I look at them as a team that could find a way to get in. Um, my second team, like St. Louis, their power play is is really not good. Um, I, I don't know if you can win like that. Is there more improvement to be had there? You would think, um, but, but that concerns me. Um, Arizona would be an interesting, an interesting selection, but you know, I think to me, you got to show me if you're Arizona before I really get on board with, with that team. Um, you know, so I look at, I look at Seattle this year as, as one of my teams to, to find a way to get in. Um, you know, and I, I look at, I think Calgary is is starting to maybe kick around. Um, Jonathan Uberdo's played a little bit better of late. I look at that roster there, and, and I think there's a lot more there for them to give. Um, so I look at Calgary as a team that might be able to find a way to squeeze in. Edmonton, I'm sorry. I, I'd love to say Edmonton. I know what market I'm on, but I, I just cannot. I just cannot. They're, they're not showing me near enough to to get my level of confidence at at the place that it needs to be to get on board with them. So I, I look at Calgary as a team that that should be a lot better than they are, um, as a team along with Seattle that could find a way to squeeze in. So you don't have the orders uh making it? No. Okay. I, I don't like 
I just I I have seen no indication of anything that I can get excited about. I, I really can't. Like McDavid, maybe playing a little bit better, um, but scoring isn't their issue at all right now. It's can they keep the puck out of their net and can they get a stop? I've seen no indication that the answer to that question is going to be yes anytime soon. Dave, and their hole is sorry, and their no. hole is just too big right now to climb out of. That's the other thing. Wow. Davey, great stuff. Uh, enjoy your uh, Edelflower, and uh, we will talk to you next Tuesday. All right, Jason. See you, buddy. There you go. That's uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM. Uh, do you agree with Dave? Is it done? Is it over on November 21st? Come. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. For order fans, I hope not. I really don't. I think the orders are good enough to beat out some of those other teams, but they better start playing like it. Get some commitment. It's the same broken record, but figure it out. Take a quick break. We'll return to the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We roll through 249 Sports 1440s. We get to the uh, football report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home. The no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. And uh, very excited to have our uh, next guest on. Uh, uh, history maker, trendsetter, as she became the uh, first woman inducted into the uh, CFL Hall of Fame this uh, past weekend. Uh, uh, of course, uh, started her career covering the CFL, uh, writing for the uh, Edmonton Journal, covering the uh, uh, then Eskimos. And uh, we were on the, uh, well, beat kind of together. I was doing my show and uh, Vicki Hall joins us now. Vicki, congratulations. How you doing? I'm great, Jason. It's so nice to see you. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's great to see you and, and hear from you again. Uh, congratulations. It's, uh, you know, it's, I've never been part of history myself individually. So, uh, how did it feel when you, when you got the, uh, the initial call that you were going to the hall? 
well, I'm on the Hall of Fame selection committee, but I was not part of this, obviously. So they were kind of talking about it without me. And then all of a sudden they just sprung it on me. So it was, um, and, and actually, well, Jason, you'd appreciate this. My car was not working very well. So I was actually sitting in an oil change bay when I, when I heard it. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's what happened. So I was kind of uh, a little bit in shock. And I was also worried that my car had run out of oil. So oh, well, geez, there, there you was know, a lot going on. A lot, a lot going on. You're just like, well, this is really nice. But did I just break my car? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, exactly. that, that wouldn't be great. But um I remember, Vic, you know, you, you and I kind of broke in. It was a similar time, um, you know, uh, it was early in my career, and you, and you started covering the uh, uh, the CFL. And originally, if I'm not mistaken, was it not only supposed to be like a one-year kind of a adventure for you that turned into, what is it now, 20 years? Yeah, I mean, it was like I was in news, and uh, there were some people at the paper who didn't want me to go into sports. They um, they, they, they thought I had a big future in news, and – so I went over the idea was that I'd go over for a year and then we would all talk about it at the end of the year. Okay. And uh, we, we, it was a hard year. I don't know if you remember some of that, but it was, uh, oh, me, yeah. I, yeah. without this... a doubt, I had a very hard rookie season. So at the end of the year, I remember like sitting down with myself and saying there, you know, I, I've been through that now. There's no way I'm going to, I'm not going to quit now. Um, I'm going to keep going. And, and I'm really glad that I did. Well, because you got this is, you know, 20 years ago. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, women reporters in, in the room. And, and let's just say there was a few less than um, gentlemanly gentlemen, I would say. That's probably the politest way to put it about uh, how some of the players, a specific offensive lineman, if my memory is correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the only one who would know who that is. But yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, OK. Sure. So, um, yeah, and, and that was because I remember having the conversations. I was quite annoyed when, when I heard it, too. But to, to me, you know, you kind of gutted it out and said, you know, like, I'm not going to let that type. And, and thankfully, he was in the minority. I think there was lots of really I want to make that clear. There's lots of really good players, too. But um, that, that was a challenge that, that a lot of guy reporters just don't ever really have to deal with. Like, I have a guys that have been dicks to me, but not showing me there. You know what? If there's a difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, like some of that behavior now, like, let's to be honest, Jason, like if, if some of that stuff happened today, there would be a much bigger problem. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, and I, and I don't like I hope for the women who are in there now. I like I actually don't think it would happen. No, because I, I think that uh, other people would jump in and say, like, that's not right. But to be fair, uh, and I've exchanged contact with him today on X or Twitter or whatever. I mean, I remember there was uh, a game, road game in Hamilton and and I was in the Edmonton locker room after the game. And and this one player was like basically gyrating right behind me with nothing on. And then and, uh, and, uh, AJ Gass came and found me after the game. Afterwards, I was standing outside and I think I was leaning on some pallets or something. And he came over and he said, are you OK? And I said, I was just so surprised that he came over. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And he said, if ever, if anything ever happens to make you uncomfortable, I need you to come talk to me. And uh, he said, will you come talk to me? And I said, yes. And he said, we have you. And you know what? After that, nothing like that ever happened again. Never. Doesn't surprise Never. me. AJ Gass, a pretty stand-up guy. Uh, he didn't throw a helmet down the field at the guy, but he probably wanted to uh, at, at that yeah, point. Yeah, it, it was a nice – it was almost like he was talking to his sister. Like he yeah. was – he was um, he like clearly they saw it and they thought it was unacceptable and and you know it was AJ came and talked to me but let's be honest about who AJ was speaking on behalf of like there were others too like Singor Mobley would be another one and you know you and I could probably go through and and point out that Hervey like there were other ones and yeah. it, so what happened was eventually that the leadership group in the Edmonton room uh, like they had me 
and uh, and that stuff wasn't going to happen anymore. I was also pretty young, right? Like yeah. I was 27. And uh, so I was the same age as some of the players and, and some of the young women who I've talked to. I like I do think that if I went in there now, um, even in back in 2001, they'd see me more like their mom and, and maybe, the, you know, the, the dynamic might be a little different. <laughs> uh, Vicki Hall joins us, of course, uh, the uh, the first uh, woman inducted into the CFL Hall of Fame this past weekend. And uh, quite the thrill, I'm sure, for you. And, you know, you mentioned how you, you were in news. What was the biggest challenge going from news to sports? Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that, and this might be different than what you hear on your show usually is like, to me, I'm a reporter, like my job is uh, being a reporter. And and it didn't necessarily mean that I was a football expert. Um, I learned a lot of football along the way. And and I'm very confident in it now, but I didn't walk in the door as a football expert. And so I had a lot to learn. And I don't think that makes you a bad reporter. I think that that reporters can cover all kinds of different things. My so, but in the beginning, I like I had definitely had some knowledge to catch up on. Uh, you know, people in sports obviously they notice mistake immediately, so like there was no room for error. Um, and then there was just a lot of things about sports culture that I didn't really fully get. You know, there was a lot of um, just things to learn about how to conduct yourself and where to stand and all that kind of thing and to respect your elders. And, you know, I think sports media mimics, well, I believe all media mimics what they cover. So, you know, if you even have military media or if you went to Royal media in the UK, you would find that there are some similarities to what they cover. And in in sports media, there are similarities to sports. So, you know, the veterans sit here, this person asked the first question, you know, all these kind of unwritten things that are, that are hard to know when you first walk in the door. And I, and I'm pretty sure that was more the case 20 years ago than it is now. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I had a lot to, I had a lot to learn in that first year. And, um, and I also needed to become confident myself. And uh, I don't think I was very confident in those days, but uh but you know, that's how you learn. Well, 100%. Yeah, there's a, I don't care. Uh, rookies in sport aren't as confident as they are five years in. That's just, that's how it goes. I don't think it's any different in reporting. You get more experience. You kind of know, you know, who to talk to. Uh, there's always some people that are going to give you a better quote. Some people are willing to share more insight than others. And that's just, you know, and then there's also relationship building. That was, that's a key. Uh, not everybody's going to like you all the time and you have to build a pretty thick skin, I would think. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like I think you and I kind of broke in at the same time. And actually, we were building relationships with some of the same players, I think, like they were, you know, the people who would take time to sit It was back then you could go sit in the dressing room and take as much time as you wanted and get to know people as people. So uh, yeah, there were lots of relationships to build trust to build and, and, you know, then it came the, the other thing for me is that the game really started to slow down. Like, I know they talk about that when you're playing, but even watching, like, you know, in the beginning, like I knew football, but I didn't know. But then like five years in, I was like, like everything moves, everything moves so slow and you see all the plays forming and you can see what's happening. And, and uh, so that took a little while for me. And even now, you know, I, if uh, like I check into a game, it all moves pretty slow just from, from the amount of football that I've, that I've watched very closely. Vicky Hall joins us uh, now. Vicky, the the ceremony was supposed to happen. Well, it did happen this past weekend, but unfortunately, uh, you weren't able to be there live uh, uh, in person. Now, how's how's your health? How are you doing? Can Vicky- oh, you froze on me, Jay. Oh, can you ask can, again. <laughs> can you hear me? I'm sorry about that. Um, I, I know that unfortunately you weren't um, you weren't able to to appear live at the uh, at the ceremony this past weekend. Uh, how's your health? How's everything going? Well, it's okay. Um, I, I, um, 
I think, Jay, that you probably remember, uh, like, early when we were covering, there was a woman named Pam who worked yes. for Hugh Campbell at the Edmonton uh, Eskimos office. And uh, Pam, unfortunately, died of ovarian cancer when she was very young. Ovarian cancer doesn't have any symptoms. Um, I, uh, back on September 29th, I had an ultrasound. I, here I am talking on a sports show about women's health stuff, but I had an ultrasound and, um, it was for nothing. It was, it was just a routine thing. And, uh, they found a sinister ovarian mass. And, um, so, uh, I had to have surgery to get it out. And, um, all indications are that it's okay, that I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, but one of the reasons I want to be honest about it is because it is a condition that does not have symptoms. Like yeah. the symptoms are quite often when it's too late and it can just be like, a, you know, a nagging abdominal pain or pelvic pain or pressure or that kind of thing. And, and one thing that I realized through all this is that it's really important to go to your doctor if you feel anything like that. So I think it's important for me to be honest about that. Um, I just had the surgery last Tuesday. I can even see, like, I can see my face here. I look pretty tired. Um, but, uh, uh, and Tom Baker did the surgery, but, um, you know, things look really good so far, but, but that was more important than for me to uh, get to Hamilton. Oh, well, yeah, I know you're, you're a mother. So you definitely want to be there. Uh, number one for, for your family first. And, and I do think it's important, you know, we have, we have some uh, female audience listeners for sure, but you know, lots are, are men and you know what, it's always a good reminder to, you know, to ask their wife if they're suddenly, if, you know, if your wife's talking about that pain that you just mentioned, you know, it might be, uh, it's not just men who are hesitant at times to want to go to the doctor and, and want to kind of push through some, some pain. It's like, oh, it's not a big deal. And uh, you're right, though, because the ovarian one's different. It's, it's not I'm not going to say it sneaks up on you, but it's it's very silent yes. in a sense. Right. It's a silent killer. It's a silent killer. And so, you know, for me on September 29th, I was just doing my thing. And and, and all of a sudden I had a report that said there was more than 50 percent chance that I had this. And and I have a young son. So absolutely. It was terrifying. Um, but. I do think it's really important and, and women do like I will just speak on my behalf is uh, since becoming a mom, um, I'm actually less likely to go to the doctor myself because okay. because I'm, I'm focused on my son and I'm focused just on keeping our life going. So I I think it's really important for everyone to remember that um, we're all just human. And uh, and, you know, like I learned really quickly what was important. And yeah. I wanted to go to the Hall of Fame ceremony and I wanted to bring my son and my niece there. Uh, but I want to be there for, for them for the next 20, 30 years or more. So yeah. that, that was more important in this case. 100%. Now, speaking of your son, I saw uh, you posted a video, I think it was last year, uh, with Hockey Heroes. Um, and be as somebody who covers sports and sees just how much fun sports can be. Obviously, there's lots of pressure at the pro level, no question. But being a part of a team, how... Uh, how fun was that for you to, to, to watch that specifically? And I know that Hockey Heroes has a big event coming up in, in Edmonton, uh, uh, in December 16th. We're going to talk to Lenny about that leading up to it. But I just, uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic organization that gets so many more kids who might never have had the chance to feel part of a sporting team get that chance. Oh, for sure. I, my son is on, uh, he's on the autism spectrum. He's, uh, he's brilliant. He could, uh, I think he could pass grade 12 history tomorrow and he's in grade three. Um, but, uh, you know, he is on the autism spectrum and he does have his challenges. And, and I, you know, I remember in the first soon after he was diagnosed, which was when he was five, I, I remember going into the local rink and seeing like the Timbits and, and trying not to cry and, and, you know, 
it's not just men who can stuff their feelings down, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like I remember like just feeling this knot in my stomach. And, and then during the pandemic, I got a phone call where he was invited to play for the superheroes and he goes every Sunday, you know what? Uh, it was Edmonton connection. You know who came and picked my son up on Sunday? Cause I can't drive and I can't do much Rob right Kerr? now. Rob Kerr. Oh, he's a beauty. My son up from my house and took him to, um, to uh, superheroes hockey where he plays every Sunday and what it's done for his confidence. And like this kid, like, AJ's, you know, AJ could not skate for quite a while. And the thing was, is we didn't realize until a long time afterwards, he thought he was going to die if he fell through the ice. <laughs> like he takes things, like he literally yeah. thought that he, he would die. And, that, wow. and uh, you know, and the other thing was, is for the longest time, he couldn't even go into a rink because the, the sound of the pucks was yeah. too loud. I took him one time over to Winsport here and I was interviewing Cassie Campbell and my, like he was like freaking out. We, we didn't have a diagnosis at that time. And Cassie and I were looking at him and I'm like, I, he's not normally like this. So honestly, like he was just losing it. Uh, so, you know, it, it can, it's, there's a lot of barriers that people might not see, but now my son skates, he's, he's a good skater and he loves to play and, and he's around all these positive male role models. And um, it's just this really kind of special part of our lives. And, and I'm so glad that it's, it's thriving in Edmonton and around uh, the country as well. I think they've talked to me about trying to organize a big national tournament at some point. So I, I bet you, I bet you I'll be on your show at some point. Oh, for that. Well, that'll be awesome. Well, Vicki, it's great to see it's well-deserved. Uh, obviously I uh, worked alongside you for many years and uh, to see your, your, your journey and your, your path and to get to the hall of fame, it's uh, well-deserved and I'm happy to hear that, uh, you know, that you had surgery and everything's gone well for you and your family. And so uh, continued success. And once again, congratulations. Okay, great, Jace. Nice to see you. You betcha. That's uh, Vicki Hall, the uh, first woman ever inducted into the uh, CFL Hall of Fame. And uh, that Hockey Heroes program, oh, my goodness. I know they got it in Edmonton. There's an event coming up on December 16th. And, and if you have a child who you know is just a little bit different, that's okay. Maybe has some different challenges. You should look up Hockey Heroes because it gives them the opportunity to to do something that a lot of parents thought their kids could never do, and they absolutely love it. It's awesome. Quick break. Let's get to the con man. Sean Brown is in studio next on a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.